It's the internet, you're busy, so let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast, your weekly source for guys taking video games far too seriously. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. Not with me this week is Mike Minotti. I got sick of Mike, so I kicked him off the show, and then I got very lonely. So I invited Intel Esports Marketing Manager George Wu to come keep me company. Say, say hello to everybody, George. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. Uh, in today's episode, we're actually going to talk about uh, IAM Katowice, uh, the big uh, esports event coming up real soon. And then we're also going to talk about a little bit about President's Day. Before we do that, though, I just want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more of me at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign in there. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes, because that always helps people find it. So, George, uh, you know, this is our first time talking. Uh, I, you know, I kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, but really, what I really want to do is I want to complain, uh, because I'm on, I'm on Twitter today, and everybody is getting their Nintendo Switches for review. And... I want to, you know, spoiler warning, I'm going to do the review for GamesBeat for the Nintendo Switch, and I haven't gotten mine yet, so I'm starting to get pretty bummed. Um, so instead of asking you questions about yourself, I'm just going to complain about life. How does that sound to you? So, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of sad to like go on go online and be like, okay, this it's going to be a good day, and then just see like image after image of people getting theirs from FedEx, and I'm just like, oh man, I don't think FedEx is going to bring mine today. Oh no, what am I what am I going to do? And it's kind of a privileged position to be like, oh, I'm not getting this free thing from Nintendo today. It might come later this week, but I'm telling you, it hurts, man. I, I hear you. I know that been there before. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Honestly, I should ask you about yourself. So w- w- what's up with you? Uh, what have you been doing recently? What, what games you've been playing? That kind of stuff. All right. Well, um, I, I, of course, I work for Intel and I've been I'm an eSport marketing manager here and I love playing games. I mean, I played my favorite game of StarCraft 2 and it was uh, definitely a hobby when I was young and it grew into a business and now I'm doing it representing Intel and uh, handling our uh, title sponsorship for the last decade. So it's been great. It's been a good ride. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's always getting to be a bigger ride at all times as well. It seems like every time uh, there's a new Intel Extreme Masters event, it's always bigger than the last one. That's correct. I mean, you know, we've been doing this since 2006, and IEM is the longest and most prestigious uh, PC gaming circuit in the world. And uh, I've been uh, very fortunate to start this up with the collaboration of ESL. And it, it has grown uh, from over the decades into this juggernaut and where we're filling up stadiums around the world. Excellent. So I guess that should just bring us right into our first topic. And, and I want to ask you, why is Intel and Extreme Masters Catawise specifically, but even, even broader IEM as a whole, why are these such important events? Yeah. So Intel invests in programs like the Intel Extreme Masters to maintain that high visibility in eSport category and to showcase our industry leadership through our influential IEM or Intel Extreme Master consumers and the broader ecosystem partners and beyond. So that's the main reason why we continue to invest into um, eSports. And when you guys sort of invest into eSports, when you say something like that, that means you're putting your money, you're putting your time, you're putting your branding into it. But uh, there's also like a human element, right? Do you guys yeah. uh, involve yourself directly with the people playing these events, creating these events, casting these events? Is, is that correct? Absolutely. We, Besides, you know, obviously getting our brand and be able to use this platform to tell our narrative, we, we want to help the community and, you know, create an environment where they all can congregate, meet each other, you know, 
witness the best players around the world. And again, it's just about that whole community um, um, atmosphere, We what we want to create for the world, for these fans. And so like, how does that grown? Like from like, uh, you know, from last year to this year or from five years ago to this year? Like what, well, what, how's it's, that it's, it's growing tremendously. I mean, when we first started as a decade ago, you know, there wasn't no digital platforms where people can just go and watch um, players play like it is today, like on Twitch, uh, Zubu, or other platforms out there. Um, you know, the uh, the global audience, you know, it's, it's about 254 million viewers around the world. And that thing is supposed to grow up to about over 300, uh, 350 million by the time um, 2018. So... Again, it's a huge, huge audience that we're trying to capture. And IEM is just one of the biggest platforms in the world. Um, and, you know, Intel wants to continue to invest into this space to reach more of the, the total available market, uh, which what we, you know, right now, like I said, about 200, over 200 million. And, you know, I would say IEM captures about 20% of that at, at this given time. So as it's grown, how has your job changed? Uh, you said you've been doing this a long time. Uh, yep. You know, and that and esports has gone through a lot of changes in that time alone. Uh, but you know, especially over the last couple of years, as it has grown, uh, how have your responsibilities changed and in, uh, in, in your ways of approaching them? Yeah, I mean, the strategy, of course, has changed. I mean, before you know, when we first started this, I mean, esport wasn't even coined esport; it was just professional gaming, and right. we use this uh, professional gaming the players compete. Um, as more of a hook to get people into our, our, our trade show booths, uh, around the world, because pretty much we weren't a big player in the space and it helped us get into the conversation, especially at these big industry shows around the world. Um, now, you know, each season as we move for, uh, as we evolve this program, you know, the viewership has grown. We have changed our strategy on the online viewers now, um, since we're hitting millions of viewers on Twitch and Azubu and other digital platforms. Um, and we're using it more to really tell our story and really provide, you know, opportunities, um, for, uh, you know, consumers to buy the, ba- the, the best gaming gear from our partners around the world. Um, and this year, you know, we're trying to push the boundary of innovation by adding new elements to make IAM Intel Extreme Master even more exciting and immersive for our fans. And this year it's about VR. Tell me more about that. How does that work? How does VR well, and esports work? Um, you know, we we want to show that industry leadership. And, you know, when we first started VR, um, you know, we pretty much uh, part of the IM experience is this fan zone experience where we mm-hmm. allow people to, you know, trial our latest systems as well as our you know, latest software out there. And in this showcase, that's part of our IM experience is when we first started with VR experiences to allow people on site to, to trial. Um, and then in, in uh, Oakland, um, that was happened in November back in, in Oracle Arena in Oakland, we, we broadcasted our competitions in VR. Um, we're continuing to push that envelope. I mean, obviously, someday we want to be able to be the drivers of getting VR into actual esport competitions. But we're taking it um, step by step. And uh, the, the next thing is spectatorship. So partnership, partnering with ESL and Sliver TV, uh, we will be broadcasting uh, League of Legends as well as CSGO on broadcast. Um, and if you don't have the gear, um, you can just download the app through SliverTV.com for both Android and iOS. And you can actually view the content in 360. So, so uh, can I ask, how is that film? Do you guys, uh, is there a, 
camera in there with the audience and you're watching the screen just as if you were sitting in the in the uh, stadium with everybody else or is it inside the game itself and maybe you get some crowd yeah noise? it's a 360 i mean i don't i'm, I'm not i mean i don't know how they, they stitch it together but it, right, it's right. online 360 <laughs> viewer with you know the vr headsets are agnostic you can use rift or vive and it provides you a 360 bird's eye view of the game in action. Uh, first person player view, player stats, as well as live commentary. And for the first time in, in Katowice, we're going to be doing it with a first ever virtual esports stadium experience. So as Sliver evolves, I mean, we are able to deliver that VR, uh, a more robust VR experience for our fans. And that's what we continuously push. Um, using the IEM platform to create that amazing experience for our fans around the world. That's interesting. I always wonder when people uh, kind of talk about VR and esports, like what, what do people really want? I always imagined like in Rocket League sitting in the, like a 50 yard line right in the middle there over the field uh, and watching these cars fly past me as if they were like full size cars. I'm like, that would be exactly what I want. It sounds like that's kind of what you guys are trying to approach with. We're trying game. to, I mean, and you know, obviously it takes time to, yes. to really get into a esport ready title. I mean, publishers, you got to get the community players yes. oh, yeah, behind it. Yeah. And so much work to do there trying to get people to, you know, program these different cameras and stuff into the side of the game. Like, yeah, it would, it would be very, very odd. Uh, it would take a lot more work than just putting the camera in the side of a real sport. So yeah, I can imagine it's going to take some time. Yep, exactly. But we continue to push and we want to create that amazing experience. And that's what we, you know, with technology and that's what we're, that's our bread and butter, right? Um, that's what we do. And we feel that, you know, our technology and esports, it just goes hand in hand and we're able to deliver these amazing experiences for our fans. So let's talk more about Cataways itself. Yeah. Um, the events coming up, you guys are you guys have a, a handful of games uh, that people are going to be c- competing in. Uh, what what has you excited about this event in particular? Well, this is our fifth time being in Katowice. I mean, this is our fifth time being there, and we're, we all started uh, IEM at the first standalone event, and the last four years, and including this, will be our world championship. And we created something very magical because. You know, not just the arena, um, but we also have adjacent to it is a convention center where we call it the IAM Expo. So it's not just a, uh, esport tournament. It's more of a, just a gaming esport festival, uh, where it has our partners showing the latest um, gear, uh, where people can play for free, try out the new VR experience, meet and greet with well known players and influencers. And, you know, and also win cool stuff. I mean, it's just a great time. I mean, you just don't have to be an eSport fan to have a great time at the IEM Expo or IEM World Championship in Katowice. So that's one thing that's exciting. Secondly, it's just that this has grown into one of our biggest events on the calendar for each IEM season. I mean, it, it transcends across borders around the world. Um, you know, we last year we had like 34 million unique viewers watching it and a concurrent viewership of all our titles about 2 million. So it definitely competes with traditional sports. Um, this year we have uh, our three main titles, which are League of Legends, uh, CSGO and StarCraft 2. And then we'll also on some side stages, we'll be showing other game titles like Crossfire, um, uh, Heroes of the Storm and others um, that we have on track. So about seven other game titles that we'll have. And all these different partners. And it's, like I said, if you haven't had a chance, you need to come. Uh, if you're not, you know, you can watch the action on, you know, Twitch or AzubuTV.com. So hope you're able to get a chance to, to witness this, um, this, this upcoming weekend. 
Yeah, I would, I would love to go myself. That's uh, one of those things that's on my bucket list. I've always wanted to check this out, especially at Katowice itself, itself because uh, you, you see the the images of the uh, stadium, the arena, and and it just looks like such a a lively, insane event that this is something that happens every year and it's been happening for a long time now. And then you, like, because you hear about esports for a long time, you, you know, everyone's talking about it, everyone gets excited about it, and then. You know, you you see these images of oh, this has been happening like this for a long time, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it looks so professional that it, yeah, it's one of those things that I just want to go experience firsthand, especially Katowice, like I said. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's something magical. I mean, I, again, I mean, the world is watching, and in the last year, was considered the biggest esports event in the world. Um, we had over one hundred thirteen thousand attend for the three day weekend, and was the split weekend. Uh, first weekend this coming up will be League of Legends, and the second weekend will be CS:GO and StarCraft Two. We expect to get attendance over around 140,000 for the for the two weekends. So, really excited about it. And I, like I said, it's a lot of passion, a lot of gamers there. And with VR being a big focus, I mean, you're going to see some really good stuff, um, immersive uh, experiences um, that you know Intel as well as other partners will be delivering at the event. And I do think it's interesting how you how you pointed out that you do have the expo going on, going on going on alongside of the event itself. Um, like, cause you, you guys are appealing to a really core audience of people who love esports, but it does attract way more than that. Uh, I, I, gotta, I mean, I guess I want to know more about like putting on an event for this very specific audience of people who love to watch Counter Strike, League of Legends, StarCraft 2 play. Um, and then, you know, and how you end up attracting this so much bigger, more, more broad audience uh, that you do need the expo itself. Yeah. And one thing I didn't mention is we also have, we include cosplay. So, you know, that's a different. Right. So it's, it's almost like a fan expo, uh, you know, beyond just uh, the, the, this e-sporting event. Correct. Correct. And we used to um, bring IEM to like fan, you know, comic shows. But, you know, the league has grown so big that we obviously now we had to go into sports arenas. But right. before that, we were putting them in like a regular trade show booths. And we did have, you know, at comic uh, at comic shows. And it was just a great fit. And that's something that. I feel like the program could be missing um, by, you know, not going to these events because that uh, that whole pop culture that we're sort of missing. So that's why we try to include these type of, you know, cosplay type actions as, as part of our activities at these events at IEM. Very cool. Um, I, I, I think I want to go to like a, a broader topic okay. of maybe um, can, can, um, I guess I'm wondering what does your job entail inside of like Intel as a whole or maybe what does the Intel as a whole think of an event like Katowice? Do you get a lot of people saying like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, can you make sure that I'm able to go? Does everyone want to come and watch this event like that works <laughs> yeah. at Intel? Is, that, is it kind of like that? Yeah, I mean, I think overall eSport is the big buzz. I mean, it's one of our biggest initiatives of this year. Um, and, I, of course, everybody wants to be part of that. And they want to attend or find a job with me or, right. you know, something. Um, and, but Katowice is really the, the crown jewel of our schedule, like I said. And hopefully we can start adding more stops in the schedule that emulate, you know, Katowice. And that takes a little combination of a strong partnership with the government or the show or the venue organizers and, you know, just doing it right and being there. I, I'm the type of person that really believes on consistency. Um, and hopefully we can find another home and one of the schedules that we can go, you know, multiple years and grow that base. So that's perfect. And, and like you said, like there's, there are, is a lot of excitement inside of Intel. Um, 
I guess is it. Let's talk a little bit more about esports being the buzzword. Um, how does that manifest? Like, what is uh, like when you guys are in internal discussions with other parts of Intel? Uh, what, what do people think about it? What are people excited about when it comes to esports? Well, I think the the main thing they're excited about the growth and and the the um, it's unbelievable that you know, there's such a huge audience watching other people play PC gaming. Um, we love it because, you know, again, Intel, you know, as the, we provide the best processors in the world. Um, and we feel it just goes hand in hand, um, with what we do. Um, but it's really, you know, I think a lot of people just don't understand the space. Uh, they think that it, because of, they see these big numbers on viewerships and all that, they think it's just like any traditional sports like basketball, like NBA or NFL. I mean, it's still, it's still evolving. Uh, one thing that esport has over traditional sports is the whole, you know, the online, you know, the social, the community aspects. I mean, I know the traditional sports are they are getting there, but it's just more natural where people are watching this on, you know, through digital, and you know they're multitasking, um, you know, doing 4K video or you know communicating with friends, and again that goes hand in hand with our you know latest Core i7 processor. Um, you know, with you know it gives you enough headroom to actually enjoy these um, things that, you know, the millennials love to do, which is, you know, mega tasking. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, I'm sorry to sidetrack it, but I know that no, no, there's a lot perfect. of questions about esports and understanding how to use, um, leverage the space. And obviously we want to keep it or, or organic, right? Um, and make sure that our fans are for, foremost the number one. Um, and we want to deliver an amazing experience for them. Um, I think two more questions on this topic. Uh, let's see. There, the first one is, um, is there any excitement at Intel when uh, it feels like maybe graphics cards catch up and it feels like we can start putting really powerful chips inside of much smaller, sleeker laptops that aren't like these giant things that you have to be kind of a crazy person to carry around? <laughs> um, I mean, we're always, you know, obviously Intel is always innovating and we're trying to get smaller. But, you know, obviously discrete cards are the king. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to, you know, that's one thing. That's probably the limiting factor of keeping a smaller form factor. Um, but you need both the processor and, and the discrete card to create right. that amazing experience. Right. Um, and, and kind of getting that those discrete cards down to a size that is, is sane for a laptop, uh, which has kind of happened over the last year. Uh, it seems like it would make a lot of a uh, an opportunity for something like KB Lake to come along and be like, okay, you combine these two things and you have a really powerful system and a really small package. Uh, at a kind of a affordable price, um, and it, it's kind of like magic. I feel like in the in the gaming laptop space right now. Do you guys get that sense at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're definitely seeing results. I mean, our laptops are are, are really doing well. Um, but answering your question, you know, it, it's discrete. I mean, we know the discrete cards is what the gamers prefer. I mean, it mm -hmm. gives you the best. I mean, visual experience in gaming. But it's uh, we also believe that you know, with the the right you need that you need the right CPU. And mm -hmm. that's where we believe that our Core i7 Extreme Edition is is the best. So, okay, great. And then, um, you guys do events all around the world. Esports is very international. Um, you just got you guys just did one in Oakland in November. Um, you'll probably have another one in the United States this year, I'm assuming. Um, if you guys haven't announced already, uh, and I, I wonder if there's any concern about getting esports stars or uh, esports broadcasters that could be from anywhere in the world uh, into the country with maybe some questions around uh, immigration and potential for uh, people to get green cards and things like that. Do you guys con are you guys concerned about that at all? Um, you know, 
again, Intel is a title sponsor, and again, ESL runs the league, and I'm sure that is probably a valid concern. I and mean, we haven't had those discussions yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you know, again, ESL would be the person, the organization that you would ask that question. Uh, right. But I haven't heard anything that they had any issues yet. So right, and the ESL has been doing this for a while, so I'm sure they kind of know yeah. what they're doing when it comes to that stuff. But yeah. I'm, and if there if there isn't serious. you know again if they had issues I'm sure they would just bring in somebody that's local and mm-hmm. be able to shout cast the match, right? You know, excellent. So yeah, I, I think that's going to wrap that up. Is there anything else though about uh, Katowice about IEM that you want to talk about before we move on? No, I think uh, I'm here for you, and I just I'm um, thank you for the opportunity. I think yeah, I've no, gone yeah. over a lot about IEM Katowice and how how excited we are, and hopefully you can create some more history. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, thank you for really kind of running that down. It was it was super interesting, actually. So, yeah, I appreciate that. But it is President's Day, um, and hopefully we'll get this podcast up on, when it's still President's Day. But if not, it was President's Day. Um, and in which case, I want to talk with you, George, about a very serious topic, and that is which president would you like to play as in your favorite video game? Um, I, I haven't thought about this. I think you said before we started that you might already have one in your head. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I want to hear it. What do you got for me? Well, I would probably go with George Washington, the first president. Yeah, and, perfect. What, you know, what game would it be? I think it would be StarCraft Two. I mean, why change the <laughs> game? I love that game. So, it, and the reason why I picked George Washington is just because, um, you know, that's where my name came from, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Cool. Uh, my mom didn't know. Uh, basically, I was going to be a boy or a girl. She didn't want to know. And when I came out, I was a boy, and she thought I was going to be a girl, and uh Basically, the doctor named me because I was born on his birthday on February 22nd. So, GWGW. So, that's why I'm picking George Watson is the, the president I would pick to play StarCraft II in. Oh, wow. So, so okay. So, like, president, it's not just President's Day. Like, we're celebrating almost your birthday, right? No, almost my 20- birthday. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's excellent. So, like, so, tell me, how what would George Washington, like, would he be, like, um, just a unit you build or would it, like... Like how would the, how would that work? Like what would I think his he'd move be, he'd be like I don't know, um, you know, he, yeah, he'd be the unit. I think he'd be my well, give him a little uh, give him a little axe and you start cutting down everybody down like, like <laughs> the cherry tree. And <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking I think I uh, so I got Horizon Zero Dawn from Sony. I've been I played it a very little bit, and so that's in my head. I think I would go with like Theodore Roosevelt in that because Theodore Roosevelt Ooh, was like this hunter. I like it. And I just like the idea of playing like, yeah, it's like this portly guy running around in this post-apocalyptic world. Like he still dresses like Theodore Roosevelt, like that you remember in all the pictures. Yeah. Uh, still, he still acts the same, but he's just in this po- post-apocalyptic world with robot dinosaurs and he's shooting like a, a mechanized bow and arrow. Um, yeah. I, I love that. He, that he whole fits imagery. that part. I can yeah, see exactly. It. Yeah. You totally, he totally would, he would like, he wouldn't even bat an eye. Like he would just be like, okay, this is what we're doing now. I'll handle this. Like, okay. Well, I think you've All got right, a better response than mine. I was trying to give you a little insight of my my personal life and uh, how I was <laughs> named, and uh, that's why I picked George Washington. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think, if there's anything any other good presidents that should be in video games? I mean, I think like you could put Abraham Lincoln in like any fighting game. I think that would that would be pretty good. Oh yeah, he would definitely have the reach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he just <laughs> looked like that that big guy with the and he would have the hat too, and the hat would be like part of his like special moves. Oh, I don't even think even having Donald on there, Donald Trump. You're talking about oh, president yeah. have him in a video game. Yeah, well, yeah. What 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 game should Donald Trump be in? Let me think. Uh, I think any game for the, the way it is now would be anything that uh, you know, it'd be the adversary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be like. It turns out you were the yeah. It'd be like um, Knights of the Old Republic, and you find out that you were the bad guy all along. 
Uh, I just spoiled Knights of the Old Republic for everybody, but it's been like 20 years, so I don't, I don't care. Uh, oh, who cares? But yeah, exactly. That would be perfect. Okay, yeah. Uh, I would I would play all of these games. I don't know about you, George. Uh, you know, I if I had time, I would play. I mean, that's one thing about my role these days. It, it takes away my, my play time, but oh, I, hear you. I try to fit it in once in a while. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of just having all of these presidents be in like a, um, a MOBA. Like every president has their own, like, you know, the different skills, but they're all like the entire cast of the game is just American presidents and it's just a MOBA. It's just Dota 2. Uh, I I think that would be pretty excellent. (laughs) All right, George, I think that's going to wrap it up. I'm going to go stare out the window and see if FedEx is going to ever going to bring that stupid into. I hope you get it. And again, thanks a lot for the interview. I appreciate the time. Yeah. uh, Thank you for taking the time to explain it. It was very, like I said, very interesting. And thanks for being patient with me with my stupid president topic. Um, (laughs) No, that's fun. Uh, but so yeah, before we go, George, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, uh, where they can find you on the internet, where they can find IEM information, anything like that. Well, no, it's really about IEM. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I hope you guys all have time out there and I hope you guys can go watch it on Twitch or like a Zubu TV. Um, it'll be on February 26th to the 27th and then on March 3rd through the 5th. So if you have time, please check out the action because it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. And then if you have the VR gear, you can watch the broadcast again, like I said, on Sliver TV. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to watch it in VR. That's what, that's what my plans now. I'm looking forward to that. And that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I'm Jeff Grubb on Twitter. You can get me on there. I make some videos every once in a while, youtube.com forward slash Jeffrey Grubb. And of course, like I said earlier, gamesbeat.com for more. Mike will probably be back next week. Uh, and I apologize for that in advance, everybody. So, so yeah, George, thanks again for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye-bye. everybody.